911, what's your emergency? 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the PIO Podcast, a place to discuss all public information-related topics for police, fire, EMS, and local and federal government organizations. It was a good learning experience for a lot of us that, that social media is not real life. But we have to remember the media are very rarely a target audience. They're simply that conduit. Our words have impacts on individuals and it may not be positive. So just be just being thoughtful and mindful of the words that we speak. I think what's so interesting about this position too and this job and this profession is that um, every one of us is looking for purpose. And when we find it here, that's it to know is that a crisis for one is not necessarily a crisis for another. This episode is sponsored by the Social Media Strategy Summit, the leading provider of social media education. They host annual events designed specifically for government communications professionals like you to help you build and engage your communities through social media. Visit their website at socialmediastrategiesummit.com to learn more and use promo code PIO podcast for 10% off of your registration. Good afternoon. Today on the PIO podcast, we have Captain Hilden Sessons. He is a PIO for the Oxford, Mississippi Police Department. Welcome to the show, sir. Glad to be here. So, Captain, first let's uh, let's put some context to where your agency's at, where it's located. So, where, where's it located? What's the population, and how many uh, uh, officers do you have in your department? Sure. So, Oxford, Mississippi, is located in North Mississippi. We're about an hour and 15 minutes southwest of Memphis, Tennessee. So that's kind of the largest city near us. Uh, we're also home of the University of Mississippi. It's a SEC uh, school. So yep. uh, the population currently is about 25, 26,000 residents. When the students are here, it's 50,000. But at any given point with the, the work and the commuters and stuff, during school, our town during the day is about 70,000. Okay, so you get a decent amount of traffic through town. Absolutely. How did you end up being the PIO? Uh, it's one of those things where you wear a whole bunch of different hats. Okay. Uh, we, so our previous chief, he kind of was the, the spokesperson for the police department. Uh, in 2017, I believe there was a little incident in Ferguson, Missouri and I didn't think as law enforcement, we were doing a great job of one, touting ourselves, but two, being more transparent. I mean, you don't have to tell a whole lot, but I think the public has a right and has a want to know what's kind of going on with their police department. So I made a pitch to who is now our current chief, but he was my major at the time. And I said, hey, we're not really using social media very well. Uh, So he said, well, take it over. So... uh I became the, I guess, acting PIO, uh, grew our audience really big. I think our Facebook page has almost 50,000 folks. So when you think about a, a town of 25,000, when, and our Twitter is also about 50,000. So when you think about doubling your population, uh, we have a pretty good reach. It was also about connecting bridges. 
uh, we didn't have a very great relationship probably with our university uh, students. And what was the, what's an easy way of connecting with students, social media. So my idea was to just put out a little bit more information, be funny with them, kind of personalize and humanize what we actually do. And it, it's worked out really well. Excellent. And it, and that job title stuck with me since. <laughs> and, and how long ago was that? 2017, so going on six years now. Okay, so going back to 2017, you went to the FBI National Academy. I know in the academy course they have a PIO, kind of a public information section. What would you pick mm-hmm. up from there that you learned? So I think that uh, one of the biggest things is how you message stuff. You just don't want to leave, hey, this is what we got, and that's it. You know, there needs to be meaning behind what you do. You know, there's a call to action. You know, who can we thank at any time? I think it's huge that we thank our public whenever they give us a tip or a hand in what we do. Uh, the call to action, like what do we need from folks besides just, hey, putting some information out? Uh, and I think at that time you, you started learning that, hey, law enforcement – you can't behind behind the, the station anymore. You've got to be transparent. The public expects and demands information. And actually, the more that you give them, the less that you hear from them. Because we used to get blown up all the time by some of our local media that's in the area. Like, hey, what do you got going on? What are you doing? Now we push out so much information. They don't even call us. They just see what we're doing online or what we push out, and then they just run with that. Gotcha. Okay. The dark side of social media is back in 2019, you were doxxed via Facebook account and it was found to be a fake page was created by someone else because you were very out there with your social media account for the department. Do you believe that contributed to it happening? So at the time we did not know, uh, I'll tell you a little backstory on it. So I was in the DUI unit for five years, so I, I didn't make a lot of friends and there was a DUI wrote in 2010 and it got appealed for nine years. So it was still in limbo for nine years. And then come appeals court, the guy showed up and eventually pled guilty to his DUI that he could have been done and been over with long ago. Two days later, this page that has my name, my, my pictures and stuff on there, are posting some pretty horrible things on the New York Times Facebook page under the comments section. So that's how it all got started. And then when I was actually funny, I was telling Chief about it earlier. I was actually eating breakfast. It was my day off. And I was at one of the restaurants. He said, where are you at? And I said, I'm eating breakfast. He said, you need to get to the station now. I was like, okay, that's never good. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, I know this isn't you, but what's going on? And our uh, investigators were able to figure out the IP address and everything like that, and it came back to the person who I wrote a DUI to in, in 2010. Oh, my goodness. So something that happened nine years ago, and and this guy just decided he's going to target you. So did that change anything in the way you do social media? Absolutely. I I, I pretty much locked down any, any of my personal stuff. Like, if you were trying to look at me up on Facebook, all you're probably going to see is a profile pic, and that's it. I think I'm a little bit more conscious about what I personally post, but as far as the department, I don't don't think it slowed us down any. Okay. Did you make any kind of changes uh, in training social media for your staff? 
No, we've we've had a pretty good uh, social media policy about the do's and don'ts of what to post, and I think it was just a good example of why. Yeah, I, I would say so. All right, so in March of this year, you utilized the department's Instagram account to send a direct message to a group that was going to prote- protest outside of a grand jury hearing. Can you explain why you did it and what was the importance of, and what's the importance of monitoring your social media? So our monitoring social media, especially in our area and anybody's area, it's a great, it gives you a great insight of what's going on in your community and also can give you a heads up of what's coming. So this group, we have a very, uh, Serious case is still pending, uh, involves a missing person, a capital murder case. And the protest was in support of him, of the uh, victim. Uh, and what we don't want is so much attention and scrutiny brought to this case because a grand jury proceeding was going on at that time that the judge feels like, hey, we got to change venue or we need to move it somewhere else or bring in a jury from someone. We don't want that. So I was just trying to help tell this group, hey, well, I'm not telling you you can't protest, but just know that these actions may have consequences in having this case eventually relocated somewhere else. And, and, and how did they react to you reaching out to them? They did not take it very well. <laughs> they took it just how we thought they would, that we were trying to stymie their First Amendment right to protest. And it wasn't that. We just want them to be mindful that, man, we've done everything we possibly can on this case to bring justice to this family. And we don't want to cause anything to lose this case or have it move somewhere else. And as a result, they they protested anyways? They protested, protested anyways. Did that impact the grand jury? It did not impact the grand jury. Uh, but I'm sure that the defense attorney will file motions saying it motions yeah, and whatnot right right all right so let's talk about some of the other social media accounts so we know you have facebook we know you have instagram i think you said twitter do you have anything else we got youtube so in i think it was two years ago funny story we were trying to look for an in-house it person and the salary that we were given cannot afford an it person so we're like well what can we do with this this money and course our social media was really kicking it was doing well well one of our dispatchers graduated from Ole Miss and he's a broadcast journalism major so we went to talking with him and he's got all these skills in video editing and graphic design and so now I actually have somebody under me as a secondary PIO who handles a lot of the behind the scenes stuff okay so a lot of our graphics and videos we put out on YouTube uh he does some really great stuff, stuff that I could never do, um, and it, it's been a hit too. So, what are you putting out? What are you putting out on on your YouTube channel? Uh, we'll do recaps of events that we've hosted or gone to. Uh, our SROs have gotten pretty creative. They did a end of the year video for the students where it was kind of a spoof on the office. <laughs> uh, so. Those type videos are a pretty big hit in our community. And I would think that those would reach the, the younger people pretty, pretty, pretty well. I think they would. Absolutely. They, they hit home for them. <clears throat> On your Instagram, are you running, are you doing the typical photo posts? Are you doing reels or stories or anything like that? 
I when I post, I just do the photo post. A lot of that's kind of over my head. We had some uh, PIO interns this last year or this past semester who were obviously a lot more fluent in that type stuff and did some of those reels and kind of whatever it's like. I forgot what it's even called, but it's like a continuous image mm-hmm. that they made and. You know, some of that stuff's kind of over my head these days, but it's amazing what you can do nowadays and what young people can do. So that that's cool. So where do you where do you see your your agency going with social media in the future? Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. I, I think it's the way that we communicate these days. I think the old days of contacting whatever newspaper or uh, TV agency to tell them that you, hey, we got this going on. Hey, we, as our chief called it, we're WOPD. We're we're our own news station because what what are the news like? They like terrible bad stories. You can send them a, a thousand good things and you have one bad thing and everybody's going to be here for the one bad thing. So why not be WOPD and we push out all the good that we're doing? I mean, there's so much stuff that we did that we never publicized because it was like, hey, we don't want to pat ourselves on the back. Well, by God, we're in an area where police department should pat themselves on the back. Uh, this job is stressful. It's tough. We go above and beyond the normal just calls and we do so much community involvement. I think it's important that everybody sees what we put back into our community. Let me ask you this. You said you have an intern or I'm sorry, you have a person that's underneath you and has a YouTube channel. You had a couple of interns with these from the college. Yeah. So they were from the, uh, I forgot what the actual name of school is, the journalism school. Okay. Miss. Well, that's, that's pretty impressive that, you know, that for a town of your size, a department of your size, to be able to bring in some interns, that that's a, that's awesome. So you're giving them some real world world exposure. Mm-hmm. You're you're benefiting off of their youth and their their knowledge using social media in a different way, right? Yeah, and absolutely. And they get to build a portfolio. So when they graduate, they can instantly just show all this stuff that they've done. And it was our first semester that we had PIO interns, and they knocked it out of the park. So let's talk about how this came about. Where, where did you get the idea to go to Old Miss and say, hey, you know, can we get a couple of your your young students that are in journalism to, to come and work for us? Let's go through the whole thing. So, so we've always had uh, – Old Miss has a criminal justice school too. So we've always had CJ majors uh, doing internships here. So I, back in the fall, I was finally like, why don't we have any PIO interns? I mean, or – marketing or something like that and uh so i reached out and they said yeah we'll, we'll put up a post and we had about seven or eight uh integrated marketing majors i think that's what they're called uh reach out we selected two of them are you going to do it again next year yep we've already posted again and uh we've had some folks uh, already reach out about it 
So you post it where? Where does it go? So we post on our, our social media, but we also send it to the School of Journalism, who then email it out to all their journalism students, and they post it inside the School of Journalism building. All right, so if you're posting on social media and somebody from outside of the area wants to do it, would you accept them if they met the criteria? No, we, we leave it to pretty much Ole Miss students major in, in journalism okay. or stuff. Totally understandable. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You want to you wanna give to the uh, hometown. We, we, we did have some who weren't even uh, students. They were like, I, I'd love to do that. Like, yeah, we're, we're kind of limited to students. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. Um, all right. So last question that I'm going to ask in the, in the serious stuff, is there a question right. I should have asked and what would it, what would your answer be? I never thought I would be a PIO for a police department. Uh, it, it's again, it's one of those deals that you kind of got thrown into and it's just worked. I mean, again, our department size, we're 85 sworn. We have 114 employees. Uh, so we all wear a lot of different hats. Uh, right now I'm an admin captain. So I have a whole bunch of like stuff behind the scenes, but then PIO has kind of always been with me from if I've moved positions and, uh, one day somebody else will take it over. Um, but I still enjoy doing it. You know, you, you said you kind of like, you, you kind of fell into it. I think you volunteered yourself for it. I mean, after you saw kind of the nonsense that happened out of Ferguson and how poorly they communicated. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think it's one of those deals like, hey, it was your idea. Go. <laughs> yeah, very good. That's okay, though, because you can't just put anybody in this position. You have to want to be a public information officer. You have to want to be able to reach out to your community and interact with them in ways that are not what normally cops want to do. No, you, you have to be comfortable talking with folks. You have to be comfortable in front of a camera. Uh, it's amazing why folks that'll come up here and they're like, I want to film an officer and how many they just take off running to their cars. Like, I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to be on camera. Like you were on camera all day. We have body cameras. We have in car cameras, guys, you are on camera. You're just doing it in a more formal way now. Right, right. And it's important. And I think what we do as public information officers is extremely important. I think the ability and the passion that we put towards this this career and this profession, it, it shows. You can see the changes that – and we've battled some really bad stuff over the last few years between oh, yeah. Ferguson, um, Minneapolis, Boy. you know, the, yeah. the, the, the Tyree Nichols case. I mean, those cases right now embody everything that's horrible about law enforcement, but it's certainly not indicative of the, I don't know, 150,000 officers across the country. It's one-tenth of one percent, you know, minus that somewhere along the line that are the bad apples. Yeah, and you learn, like, so your messaging and how you portray your police department, you're filling this cup up full of goodwill. Like you're showing all this great stuff. So when that one bad thing happens, and it may not be in your community, it may be somewhere else that drains your cup. It's not completely empty. It may just be halfway. Like, all right, we got work we got to do. Let's fill that cup back up. I, I call it putting it in the bank. Everything that you do nope. that's goodwill is banked. And when the bad bad thing happens, you're going to lose a little bit out of the bank and you got to build it back but, up again. But it's better to start with a whole lot than have nothing in there. To you can't with. start from zero. It's impossible. 
We've seen, mm-hmm. we've seen departments that have done that, and it goes crazy. All right, uh, Captain, let's talk about rapid-fire questions. You ready? All right. Texting or talking? Texting. Coffee or tea? Uh, uh, tea. Sweet, or, excuse, it's going to be unsweet iced tea. Unsweet iced tea. I mean, you're from the South, so it's got to be some kind of tea. <laughs> Adult drink of choice? Bourbon. Uh, do you have a favorite type of bourbon? Uh, no, I'm just kind of into, see here, what, I like finding strange bottles or hard to find ones, but like my everyday would be Woodford or Wild Turkey 101 or something, just something sip on. Okay, very good. All right, if uh, you could have a superpower, which one would it be? It would be to teleport instantly anywhere I wanted to go. I hate traveling. (laughs) and. And with a seven-year-old and a three-year-old, it makes going on vacation just about nearly impossible because you're looking at seven or eight hours to the beach, and I could not be in a car with them for seven or eight hours. So it'd be nice to just snap your finger and instantly be there. That would be nice. Do you have a pet? We have two dogs, uh, Coop, who's a golden doodle, and Pepper, who is a French bulldog. We also have three chickens, Big Papa, Freckles, and Little Sunshine. I love those names. Uh, those were named by my daughter, and I think that's all we got for now. Okay, there you go. Is there a book or author who had some kind of influence on you? I don't do a whole lot of reading. I listen to a ton of podcasts. Okay. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm a politics junkie and a sports junkie. So that's kind of where I, I steer my. All right. So what's your work. what's your sports podcast? So we got a local one uh, called Rebel Grove, but I'll listen to. Uh, Oh, shouldn't ask me that. <laughs> sorry about that. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I'm sorry. Ask permission or beg for forgiveness. Ten years ago, it would have been begged for forgiveness, but I am 100% an ask for permission person now. Okay. All right. I've been in that, been in that seat too many times. Oh, yeah. I know the feeling. If you, <laughs> if you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would it be? Uh, I'm, a, I'm also a historical junkie, so... It would have to be somebody from like World War II, like Winston Churchill, or maybe even a past president like Teddy Roosevelt. He just seems like he'd have a ton of good stories. Yeah, Teddy Roosevelt lived an interesting life and did a lot of great stuff for this country. I don't think a lot of people realize it. Several years ago, I took a trip back to D.C. with my family, and you go look at all the things that he did and and what he, you know, creating the national park system was enough. Uh, mm. But the all the other stuff he did was absolutely amazing too so yeah I'd, he'd be a great person to talk to all right final thoughts what key points would you like listeners to take away from our interview today well if you're looking at starting a pio start small don't i mean have a five-year or a plan but don't think you got to jump out into it all at once there's really not a book on how to be a pio uh especially in law enforcement so we, there were times that we swam real well, and there's times that we sank, but we learned from them and uh, said, well, let's not do that again. And uh, there are going to be bumps in the road. Just power through them and be a good messenger for your police department. Gotcha. Excellent. Anything you'd like to add? Uh, not a whole lot. I, I appreciate being on. This is, uh, I think, my second podcast I've been on. So, Actually, my third, because we uh, one of our in-house things for mental wellness is we bring in folks who uh, specialize in 
either finance or marriage and stuff like that. And we do an in-house podcast for our folks. Excellent. So they could get like an hour of uh, continuing education, just riding around listening to something. Cool. Excellent. All right. How can people best reach out to you if they want to connect or follow up with anything there today? Obviously any of our social media accounts, uh, Facebook's it's Oxford MS police department, Twitter. It's at Oxford police, Instagram. It's at Oxford police or my email H Sessoms at OxfordPolice.net. And I will add all of that into the show notes so they will be able to find it easily. Awesome. This was it's pretty cool. Hilden, thank you very much for coming on the show. I truly appreciate it. And I hope you had a good time and be safe. Absolutely. You too, sir. That's all for this week. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Another huge thank you to the Social Media Strategies Summit for being a sponsor of the PIO Podcast. Join their First Responders Summit this April or their Government Summit this May. Learn more about confirmed speakers and programming at socialmediastrategiesummit.com and use promo code PIO Podcast for 10% off of your registration. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of the latest episode. If you are listening on a platform that allows reviews, please give us a review. We appreciate any review, good or bad. It helps us improve on each episode. Until next time, be safe.